Hi, and welcome to this week's Physics Buzz podcast. I'm Mike Lucibella. There's an enormous portion of our universe that we can't see. Estimates are that as much as 96% of the universe is made up of invisible dark energy and dark matter. And as if that isn't enough, some scientists are wondering if this so-called dark sector might be even bigger. Physicists like Natalia Toro from the Perimeter Institute are looking to see if there could be any other forces out there too, tentatively dubbed heavy photons or hidden photons or dark photons. Well, what we're looking at is, uh, I mean, these, these names, unfortunately, things like dark photon can't help but sounding more, more mystical than they really are. All we're looking for is a new force, a fifth force, and it has to be, the only restriction is that the forces we're best able to see are the ones that are, in some technical sense, like the electromagnetic force. There are four fundamental forces in the universe. Gravity, electromagnetism, the weak nuclear force, which affects certain kinds of radioactive decays, and the strong nuclear force, which binds an atom's nucleus together. Each of these forces are carried by a corresponding particle. Gravity has its graviton, the weak nuclear force is carried by W and Z bosons, the strong force is bound together by gluons, and electromagnetism works through photons. Not much is really known about these hypothesized dark photons, or even if they exist at all. The teams looking for them are working under the theory that they behave like a photon, in that they can't change a particle they interact with, something the strong and weak nuclear forces do, and that these dark photons might operate over long distances. That's why we call these hidden photons. But other than that, the uh, possibilities are pretty wide. Now, despite their name, dark photons shouldn't be confused as being dark matter, that mysterious substance out in the cosmos that makes up the majority of mass in the universe. But it's possible that dark photons might interact with dark matter. So the idea is that these new forces would interact pretty strongly with dark matter sort of about the same strength that ordinary matter has an electromagnetic charge, there might be a comparable dark charge for the dark matter. Nobody's saying that these particles could themselves be dark matter. The idea is that some very heavy particle, something we might only be able to produce if we're lucky in, in complicated processes at the, at the LHC, could be the dark matter. But it doesn't interact with us through ordinary forces. We know dark matter doesn't interact with us through electromagnetic forces. It doesn't scatter light. That's why we call it dark. But it could also not interact with the weak forces. It might only interact through this new force. And so finding the carrier of the new force would be an exciting window into the world of dark matter. It could actually be quite rich and complex and different from the structure and the rules that we've found in studying the physics of the everyday world, ordinary matter. Though dark photons are still only theoretical, unexpected results in a couple of different experiments have given physicists reason to think that they might be on the right track. There's, uh, there's two, two anomalies that have really incited recent interest in this sort of nuclear range. One of these is the measurement of uh, what's called the, uh, the gyromagnetic ratio of the muon. So this is exactly how much magnetic field you get from just the intrinsic spin of a muon. And this is a really difficult measurement, but it's been done to incredibly high precision. But at the end of the day, the very precise theoretical predictions and the very precise measurement appear to disagree with each other by about three standard deviations. 
And these hidden vector particles could be partly responsible for explaining that discrepancy. Another mystery that dark photons might shed some light on are these unexpected readings coming from satellites measuring cosmic rays flying through our solar system. So there have been several experiments since, uh, well, a, a, long, a long chain of experiments going back many decades. Uh, but the most recent ones, the Pamela and Fermi satellite experiments, um, really have improved the measurements considerably of just cosmic ray electrons, cosmic ray positrons. So what this means is going up into orbit around the Earth and looking at really high energy electrons and positrons that are just shooting around in the galaxy, measuring how many of them there are. So these are actually fairly rare, but these latest experiments have done a very good job of measuring just how rare they are. They're not as rare as people expected. They're a little more frequent, especially at the higher energies. There are more electrons and more positrons out there than we thought before. Naturally, the question arises, where do these extra high-energy electrons and positrons come from? Well, there's a lot of options. They could be coming from some basically complicated stellar physics. They could be coming from the formation of pulsars near Earth. They could be coming from exactly how particles propagate through the, through the galaxy. The galaxy is not just empty space. But a third possibility, which has a lot of people very interested, is could these particles actually, these extra electrons and positrons, be coming exactly from two dark matter particles colliding with each other and annihilating into converting their entire mass into very energetic electrons and positrons. But dark matter alone can't fully explain what the satellites are seeing. Again, theory and measurement don't match. Even though we've never seen dark matter, physicists can predict ways the particle is likely to behave, but we're not seeing what's been predicted. These data don't look like the kind of annihilation processes that people have been writing down in their papers for years. It doesn't look like the run-of-the-mill thing that theorists had predicted. But it does look consistent with this sort of twist on the old idea. Here's where these dark photons come in. So the old idea was that dark matter might interact, say, through the weak interaction. And when two dark matter particles collide, they'd annihilate, say, into W bosons the carriers of the weak interactions. Now, that process, if it was happening, would probably just give rise to far too few electrons and positrons to explain this excess. So you need a twist on that. And a twist that works remarkably well is that the dark matter might be annihilating into these new force carriers, into these new gauge bosons, the, the heavy photons. And that that can lead to a much higher annihilation rate, and it predicts that most of the time what you'd see is electrons and positrons coming out, not other particles. And that also fits the data very well. What's really exciting is that the search for these dark photons is just starting to gear up. Experiments at Jefferson Lab and at the Mainz Microtron in Germany are both getting ready to peer into the darkness and look specifically for signs of dark photons. Well, there's a huge variety of experiments depending on, really depending on the range of the force or the range of the, uh, and the mass of the particle. Those are related to one another. All of these experiments work by colliding electrons onto a target, and they have some kind of sensor to detect where electrons go after the fact. These sensors, anytime they pick up two, one electron and one positron, 
that's the signal that snaps them into, into action. That's the signal that happens all the time from ordinary processes, but could also be produced by these new gauge bosons. And so all of these experiments, one of the things that they do is they just pick up again and again every time there's an electron and a positron hitting the detector at the same time. And from each of those, each of those events, each of those collisions, we call it an event, you build up what massive particle could have produced that pair. And if there's nothing new that's being produced with a high enough rate that you can see it, there will just be a smooth distribution. So one can plot the masses for millions of events, and they'll just stack up into some kind of, some kind of smooth shape. What we're looking for in all of these experiments is that one bin just sticks out higher than the others. That would be a signal that there's really a new particle. And which bin it is would tell you what the mass of that particle is. Do you personally expect to see results um, soon? Do you personal, personally expect to see results at all? We'll learn a lot from these experiments, whether they find new particles or they don't. This is really a very basic question. Are there new forces beyond the ones that we already know? And even answering that in the negative and part of the parameter space is a really important result. I'm cautiously optimistic. I think there's certainly no guarantee, not even a strong reason to expect that any of these experiments would find anything. But there's such a wide region, and nature has surprised us so many times, that, oh, I think it would be nice, and I think it's very possible. That's all for this week's Physics Buzz podcast. You can find more of our podcasts, our Physics Buzz blog, resources, and much, much more at www.physicscentral.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.